It's episode 124 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Guys, me and Drew are pretty much just chilling uh, for Christmas and New Year's vacation. So for episode 124, we are bringing you some of our, I guess, best moments and what we think is probably our funniest moments and what some of you have told us were some of our best shows. We're just looping all this shit up. We're putting it together for you. We want you to enjoy your holiday. Uh, We are going to be back in action come Monday to talk about all of the Week 17 games. And for those of you that are playing Week 17 fantasy football, uh, have mercy on your soul. We'll be saying a special prayer for you, uh, hopefully your commissioner that decided to set the league up that way. But if it is you, we'll be saying a special prayer for you to get your shit together for next season so that you don't play Week 17. But enjoy your holiday, enjoy this episode, and make sure you play some DFS over the weekend. We love you, Garage fam. We thank you so much for an incredible 2019, and we will be back live with you on Monday. Enjoy it. Here we go. As always, the instructions are as simple as shampoo instructions. Just sports, party, repeat. Episode 124, best of 2019. could stay awake just to hear you breathe in. Watch you smile while you are sleeping, while far away and dreaming. I could spend my life in this sweet surrender. I could stay lost in this moment forever. Every moment spent with you is the moment I treasure. Ooh, 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 ooh. Don't wanna close my eyes. I don't wanna fall asleep because I miss you, baby. And I don't wanna miss a thing. I miss you, Drew. Welcome, Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, episode 104. Yeah. Woo! All right. All right. We, just nailed, we just nailed our first Aerosmith Open. Um, yeah. I'm glad Drew. that wasn't me. You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast.
Welcome to episode 87 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm Garage Guy Chase. Uh, we have a new special guest on the show tonight. Um, it is Mr. Drew Dean. And for those of you that don't know Drew, he uh, is a new part of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports team. Drew, how you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Chase. Uh, I know it was uh, quite the coincidence running into you at Talladega. Yes. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. So, so before we really kind of dive into anything, we'll just kind of talk a little bit about backstory with Drew. So I went to Talladega back in April. A lot of you have seen the, uh, the Garage Guys Talladega video where we went out to the track. We checked out the, uh, what happens behind the scenes and just basically through the whole weekend. So race day had came up in Dega, and I was going up towards the, uh, where they do the driver intros. And I ended up running into these two guys. One of them had a Kyler Murray uh, jersey on with the number one and like the draft that just happened like two days before. And I'm like, Holy shit. Where, like, how did you get that Jersey that fast? And this uh, turned out to be your buddy, Austin, which is uh, another awesome dude. Shout out Austin. Um, and then I met you as well. And we got to talking, you know, and you know, we're kind of like asking what was going on and shit. And you, uh, that's when I found out you were actually into fantasy sports. And the whole reason that you were at Talladega was because of fantasy sports. So, Drew is actually, I, I, I wouldn't like, I'm going to like loosely label it, but we'll go ahead and say Drew is the DFS guru. Um, maybe we'll, we'll start calling you DFS guru Drew on the show. <laughs> we'll try to like really like stack it up. But uh, Drew knows his shit with DFS, and that's one of the major reasons we are bringing him onto the Garage Guys team. Um, he is going to be our guy that is going to have all the knowledge for all of our listeners come fantasy football season. and. His specialty just so happens to be one sport that goes vroom, vroom, and zoom, zoom, and that's NASCAR, which was uh, the main reason you were there, actually, correct? Absolutely. I was actually there, um, got the tickets from DraftKings, and happened to run into you, like you said. Austin had the Kyler Murray jersey on, and correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong, but you had the, uh, what was the GOAT shirt you had on? The official GOAT gear, uh, number three legend shirt so it wasn't legend it was the go shirt so we uh i had teamed up with official go gear we had made two uh racing tees i got a lot of uh compliments about that shirt when we were at that race absolutely i know it was uh the first thing that caught our attention and yes. you know you were extremely hot uh, extremely nice to me in austin letting us come back I was, there I was hot. The <laughs> <laughs> thanks man i, I wouldn't go I wouldn't go that far, but if you want to, hey, it's it's 2019. You can say that type of stuff. There we so, go. Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but, but, no, it was a great time hanging out with you. Um, we yeah. were running on two hours. We were running on two hours sleep, coming from a bachelor party. Um, That's the real story I, right there. You guys are yeah. the Because, like, it takes a lot. Like, Talladega, like, uh, people that never been there, it takes a lot of shit out of you. So, like, you're just, like, drained by the end of the weekend. Like, you don't want to do anything. So, for you guys to come there after bachelor party, that kind of, a, of an environment and, like, barely getting any sleep and being out there on the track and just, like, killing it, like, all day. You guys, I would have never been able to tell. So, you guys are you, – you hold your own very good. Yeah. Absolutely. We couldn't pass up the free tickets, even though we were on a bachelor party. Oh, uh, hell no. Like, dude, and that's, so. even, that's, the, that's the best part of it, though, is that you were there on DraftKings dime. 
which is amazing. And that, and that you can only get those kind of perks if you're fucking good at what you do. Andrew Luck. So milking that calf injury. Uh, they're going to be limiting him again. This is the, like, if I had to, he's the most fragile quarterback, I think, of, of, of our generation. Has to be with how he treats his injuries. And, I mean, all respect to the guy. If they're still paying him, but, like, this dude is the most over He's like your grandma. Like when you like got when you fell down and like you know got a scratch on the concrete and like it was like the end of the world and like your grandma I don't know how your grandma was but my grandma was like that like she would freak <laughs> out about like any little thing like oh my god my baby like I feel like that's how Andrew Luck is with every injury that he gets. Man, I I don't know what's going on there. I, the first report I saw was that it was I saw something like hey this is part of the precautionary methods because of the Kevin Durant injury. And I was like, are we really at the point where we're relating NFL injuries and training camp to the NBA world? That's oh, you bet. I saw. You yeah. bet we are. Yeah, we are yeah. there 100%. If they're going to relate the money issues to it, the, like, the players are going to relate injuries to it as well. I mean, I get – I'm all for wellness. I'm all for, for people trying to take care of their body, and it's important and everything. But, I mean, like – you see some of the greats out there that are balling out and like they they'll they'll keep balling with an injury like that. I mean like I get it's the calf issue or whatever, but you're you finally got back to a point to where like you're you're getting back in a groove with your offense and things are looking good. And for fantasy players, we can be selfish at times when it comes to these kind of things. But you know, that's another one of those issues where now you're like questioning like, oh shit, do I want to like go out on a limb and get this guy again, or, or, or do we want to go in the fourth and the fifth round and grab Andrew Luck? Like it changes it all. And if he just continues this kind of trend, you got to think that Indianapolis eventually is going to be like, okay, like we, we can't keep doing this. Like we, we can't keep having these issues. Yeah, I'm not sure what the, what the proper approach from an organizational standpoint is, but I think it's a, it's coming from top down, right? Like that, this isn't something that, you know, they're deciding day of practice to sit him out or rest him. I feel like everyone's aligned. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you do. I don't think it affects his draft stock though yet. I, I want to wait and see what the next few weeks say. I mean, do we think he's going to miss most of training camp? I don't know, dude. At this point, I feel like if the motherfucker eats like uh, a, too much sriracha in his pho, like he's gonna miss like three games. Like you don't you don't know like what he's gonna do. Like I feel like th this is how precautionary this guy is. It's like oh, like I ate some really spicy food, guys. I can't play today. I got the shit. Sorry. Do you like, think it's coming from him though? I mean, it has to. It has to be because like you got players out there that get this shit from their doctors, and you know they they're like oh well. You know, the team doctors say you can play and their their physician, you know, back home is like, I'd advise you not to. Um, and so he, he's got to be the one that's like, um, I'm not doing this. Like, I feel like he's – I feel like he is very in charge of what he will and what he won't do. And, like, I guess because he was, like, the heir to, like, Manning's throne, like, when he came in, like, and how much he was petted by Peyton Manning and that, you know, that family – 
coming into this. I feel like he's just really entitled in that quarterback position. I'm not knocking his talent whatsoever. But, like, I feel like no matter what he does, it's like he just has a seat there. You know what I mean? And, like, he's just like – it's like that – it's like your boss's kid. You know that he's going to, like, get that job, and no matter what, <laughs> he's going to keep that job. Like, that's just, how I look at Andrew Luck. It just strikes me as weird because he seems like, to me, the type of guy that's overly hardworking, wants to be out there with this team. I mean, we've seen the clips of him talking to, to teammates and, to, you know, being polite to other, you know, the po- opposing players that I don't know where his head's at. And I almost feel like it's more of a organizational controlling thing, but we might disagree there. And, I think that this is him. I mean, did you did you see the video of when he like said fuck in an interview and like he broke, like his brain broke? Do you remember that last season? Yeah. He yeah, was like, yeah. oh no, fuck. He was like, oh uh, uh. Like, he went robot mode, bro. It it reminded me of the Austin Powers uh the the Fembots. Have you seen yeah. the movie with the Hot Fembots? take. Andrew Luck yeah. is a is a robot and he's constantly malfunctioning and they just put out all these reports because they have a lot of fucking work to do in the lab on it. <laughs> Like it's like yeah, he's like, they, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like Austin Powers uh, Mojo broke it uh, broke the Fembots system. And that's I, a new that's a new T-shirt that will be available on Garage Guy <laughs> soon. The Andrew Luck is a robot shirt. That's coming. That's coming. Facts. Big facts. And there is a black hat now on the field. Halloween this past week, and a black cat is running across MetLife Stadium. <laughs> Real quick, guys, breaking news just went down, just happened. Um, Jordan caught on fire. We were uh, we, we took a pause uh, to regroup, and Jordan went to the bathroom, and he caught on fire. This is breaking. This just happened. Here's some audio from when Jordan caught on fire. Come here. Fucking light just exploded. How, in how long have we been going for? Fucking towel on fire. No way. <laughs> Did you hear this? Wait, what? You got you to hold on a second, dude. All right, hold on one second. I'll be right back. What the fuck? Yeah, I smell it. How was the experience? It's fucking terrifying. I thought I was about to burn the house down. Like, I thought it was over, dude. Like, I, 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 before I came here and told you, I, I swear, I, I sat there in the mirror and I tried to look at the back of my head to tell if I have a ball spot. I can still smell my fucking hair burning. Like it blew up. I smell it too. It's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, it smells horrible. I want to go take a bath so bad right now. <laughs> Give us a play-by-play on this. How did this work? How did this go down? I mean, it was it was it was quicker than than anything you could ever imagine. It was just like turn light on. Like I was confused. Like I hate that that hallway. All right, first of all, the hallway. <laughs> well, first of all, this house is supposedly haunted. All right, big I've facts. Seen some pictures of some shit in this house, and then so like the whole time there's just, there's just like because you ever been in that person's house that just they don't they don't believe in fucking 
uh, you know, nightlights or like, you know, something where you could tell where the fuck you're going. And this hallway is just like dark hallway to hell. Like this is what it is. So, but I know, I know it's the first door on the right. So I'm like touching the wall, touching the wall, <laughs> touching the wall. And I feel the door. I'm like, Oh, here's the door. And then also, you know, in this house, normally the switches are right by the door. You not know, not in this house. Not this one. You've got to take steps into it. It's like you've got to walk into the hell before you can turn on the light and get to heaven. New house coming soon. Oh, <laughs> um, so I walk in, and it's dark as fuck, and then I just got to feel for the switches. Because um, you know, I had used it before, so I remember where it was at. So the first one was a heater. I turned the fucking heater on, and it's got like you know one of those one of those circle um, – uh, what do they call this? What kind of lights are those? Those are like the heater fans and the yeah, they're they like the fluorescent light. They got bulb. the bulb that wraps around. Whoever designed around. this is stupid as fuck. That's like an old. That's an old light too. Really well, it's, it's broke now. You didn't yeah, know. broke light. Um, but they have the fluorescent tube around the heater. That cannot be safe. Somebody's got to think about these things. See, I turned it on the other day actually, and I didn't realize it was on, and I started seeing it get real red, and it was like glowing, and I was like, oh shit! I turned it oh, off like really fucking fast. That news could have helped me about ten minutes ago. Yeah, well, I didn't know you were going to turn that on. I mean, it's the first light switch. <laughs> it's the first one. It's not the second one. It's the first one. I got to quit assuming people know that. But, yeah, that just happened. Ball start. Offense. <laughs> this penalty is also declined. It's still fourth down. We're going to play this game? Right. So so the Patriots took a, a, an intentional. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at, look at Belichick. He can't even hold it back. So they took an intentional delay of the game. The Jets declined it. Huh. Then they had a guy intentionally false start. And the Jets declined that one also. Bill couldn't do anything but laugh. Look at John Perry. Yeah, the next one, I can guarantee you they're going to be talking about 15 yards. That is crazy. Oh, old Bill Belichick. He's trying to hide that smile behind the mic. Oh. And the only other thing that gets me more excited about football season than actually watching football is the voicemails that we get from our garage fam callers to the hotline. I like the transition there. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. I made it, made it flip <laughs> right in like a little flip game over. So, uh, so this week we have two voicemails, um, that we're going to play for you. One is from a guy named crazy Earl, which, uh, the name is exciting. I dig that. The other one we got is from, uh, the booty boy. So these two are two interesting names. Yes. Big time. So maybe some new personalities. I don't know. We'll see. Let's see what crazy Earl had to say first off. So here we go. Crazy Earl's voicemail. Garage fam. What's up? It's crazy Earl. Uh, just a couple quick questions. Uh, we're halfway through the preseason and Ryan Tannehill is playing absolutely lights out. Um, which week do we see him taking over the hounds in, in Tennessee? I think it's going to be early. I think, I'm thinking week four. Just kind of want to hear y'all's thoughts. Second question, with the best free agent still available out there in LeGarrette Blount. Oh I mean, <laughs> where are we going to see him get, you know, valuable touches? I think he's got, he's got a couple, couple, you know, I'd say 100 yards games left in the tank, and I'm looking forward to it. To, to it. Thirdly, um, who y'all got this weekend? I'm going to tell you now, Kyle Bush, put him in your lineups. He's going to finish first. He's going to be back on top. <laughs> All right. Wow. That's a lot of information to process. Wow. Crazy Earl. Crazy Earl electric show, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let, let, let's, let's answer some questions. Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. I can't even say it right after that. <laughs> Crazy Ryan Earl. Tannehill. Crazy Earl has you uh, rattled. Yeah, he's got me a little rattled there. Ryan Tannehill lights out. <laughs> 
Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm not touching him in fantasy. I, I would, I wouldn't, wouldn't worry about that at all. Um, just yeah, don't even just avoid him completely, Crazy Earl. Just don't, I think, don't I think I'm, ta- I'm going to take Crazy Earl's questions from just a sh- sheer football conversation. I think the Tannehill thing is is real though in terms of pressure on Mariota. What do you think about that, Chase? Is I mean, have you heard anything about the leash that Mariota's going to have? I mean, I'll be honest, just looking at it from an outside point with little knowledge about the whole situation. I haven't watched much Titans preseason, but whenever I heard the news that Tannehill was going to Tennessee, I immediately thought, like, how long is it going to be? Because Mariota, Mariota just hasn't played up to the level that he was expected to play, I feel like. And even though Jameis Winston was the other competitive quarterback that came out of that draft with him, I mean, we, we've seen glimpses of what he can do. And we, we've seen a little bit of what Mariota can do, but not much. I easily think that Tannehill could replace him by the end of the season. It just all depends on how he's clicking with his wide receivers. If, if he can get the ball to Corey Davis well, um, that's basically going to be his main thing. Adam Humphreys, uh, you know, you got, you got some weapons there. You just got to use them. I mean, they're not, like, very sharp. Like, they, they need a lot of sharpening still. But, uh, you know, they, they, they can cut through some stuff, though. Right. I think that the the leash will be pretty short just because, I mean, we've seen Mariota now for several years and the preseason stuff, I don't want to look into it, into that too much. I know Tannehill's played, you know, far better than the Mariota, but if they come out the gate 0-2, 0-3, you might see a quick change there. So on to, on to his next uh, little question. Uh, Garrett Blunt. Garrett Blunt. Um, yeah, dude, again – on a fantasy side, you just got to kind of watch, man. I don't know. Like, I don't think he's going to come back into the league uh, anytime soon. If he does, it would be somebody who was like – the depth chart was just like chopped and screwed, like more than a 3-6 Mafia song. So, um, that's, <laughs> that's the only way that I could see LeGarrette Blunt being needed. Obviously, you're a huge LeGarrette Blunt fan. That's all I could think of. The only reason that he would be relevant because, like, this year, honestly, he's just been an afterthought. So, crazy Man. Earl, LeGarrette Blunt fan. <laughs> yeah, he must like the – he must love that uh, video of him punching the guy in college at Oregon. LeGarrette Blunt got famous for punching the guy. I feel like the guy named Crazy Earl would be rowdy enough to, to love that video. So, yeah. Right. I'm going to back you up on that. But, yeah, yeah, Earl – um, I don't know, man. Just keep your eyes peeled. If you see him pop up on a team, go get your mans. If yeah. anybody, if anyone, if it, let's go crazy theory real quick. If anyone, Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Yeah, so that was the only team I was actually thinking about right now. But I feel like there's other options. I saw something earlier today talking about Jay Ajayi possibly going to Houston, which if anybody should be going to Houston right now, if, if the Chargers would, would get off of it, I'd love to see like a trade for like, Clowney and and Melvin Gordon, that would be dope. That'd be crazy. I don't know how that money works out there. And that that it would be very hard to make it work. This is just in a in a you know in some world way off in another dimension, right? Down. So it's nothing that's going to be uh, set in stone. But I thought that that would be like a cool like that would obviously they're looking to get Clowney's looking to go somewhere. And I was like, you fit those pieces together pretty easily. But yeah, I. Uh, can't believe we talked about LeGarrette Blunt. We talked about LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, that just happened. Just for you, Crazy Earl. Crazy Earl, all for you. Call in more, Crazy Earl. Call in more. So leaving leaving off with the last question you had, or 
uh, asking who we got for this weekend. By the way, uh, Crazy Earl's a NASCAR guy, I guess. So shout out to that. Um, and let's talk a little bit about NASCAR real quick. So uh, we're back from the off week. Uh, the Monster Energy Series is going to Darlington Raceway this week, which is going to be the throwback race. A lot of 90s paint schemes. I've been seeing a couple out on Instagram. Just a fun race. Fun race to watch. Really interesting. It's, it's kind of a finesse race because it's like who's got the flashiest paint scheme. Um, I saw where Jimmy Johnson was trying to disguise himself as Denny Hamlin to cop them playoff point. <laughs> um, no, but it was, uh, he was doing a throwback of his old truck and I actually saw the picture where they had the car next to the truck. It was pretty awesome. Um, it's a really cool paint scheme that Jimmy Johnson has. And then, uh, I think Corla joys running the Scooby-Doo mystery machine paint scheme, which is pretty tight. Um, and there'll be all of them released and others, um, that'll be out there. You can find online, but as far as Kyle Busch goes, just looking back at some of his previous races, I mean, he normally he normally starts in the top ten. Since 2016, he started in the top ten, um, and he's finished uh, two of those inside the top ten. Uh, the best one being September 3rd, 2017, where he finished second after starting third. So it looks like he can sustain where he's at. It looks like um, maybe he got a little bit of negative points placement in two of those. So. Yeah, going from starting six, going to eleven, starting fifth, going to seventh. I don't know, man. Maybe uh maybe a good week to use that salary for some other guys. That's what I'm feeling. How about you? I will I will say I'm pulling this up real quick for Big Earl, but Kyle Bush is the favorite to win. Not a surprise. He seems like he's the favorite he's every week. He's the favorite. He's the favorite yeah. man. Yeah, he's the favorite almost every week. Um so anytime you wanna take a guess on somebody, he's He's someone to go with, but, but you're gonna pay for it. Yeah, I haven't looked at DFS this week. I haven't looked at you know Chase. I do all my research um, for NASCAR usually on Friday, so I'll have right. A- hey, there's a place where people can find that too. <laughs> it's our Patreon page. I'm gonna plug it again. www.patreon.com/garageguyspodcast. You can get Drew's NASCAR DFS rankings. The man has what it takes to win. Go check right. out his rankings. And we'll have strategy notes there to, to talk you through my thoughts. It's not just a one, two, three, four, five ranking. You'll have a little bit more insight. Um, and then one more thing on the Patreon page from earlier. If you join the 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 top tier, we'll, you'll have our recommendations for waiver pickups, right? That is correct. So that's the $10 tier. Uh, if you just want to get Drew's NASCAR, it's the $5 tier. If you want the NFL only, it's $8. And then uh, we have just uh, for, I believe it's what, $3, you get our blog posts. So just the stuff that me and Drew talk about, uh, things that we feel like writing about, you'll get to read all that stuff. And um, eventually we'll have some uh, some video up on there during the NFL season. So might be able to uh, tease you there. So the only way you can get it is by going to patreon.com slash garage guys podcast. Moving on to the next voicemail uh, from the booty boy. Let's check out and see what uh what kind of questions he has for us. What's up, guys? It's me, the Booty Boy, single and ready to mingle. Want to talk Melvin Gordon? Um, <laughs> in the drafts, if he's available mid to late rounds, is he somebody that you're picking up, or are you taking a chance on him in the early rounds, even though he hasn't signed yet? Love the show. Love listening. Get back to me. Appreciate it. Okay, the Booty Boy. We should Another get like guy. crazy Earl, crazy Earl versus Booty Boy rivalry going. Yes. All right. So <laughs> you guys are listening. to This is Booty Boy, Crazy Earl. 
you guys better start going after it. We we got we got to have that for the show. All the garage fam wants it. So that's there. That's there now. This is a thing. So with, the, with Booty Boy's question, um, yeah, Melvin Gordon. That's it's a middle round guy. I've been seeing him go um, around the third mostly. Some late second, early third. Um, me personally, I'm not even reaching for him. Um, I'm gonna pass over him. I don't want anything to do with him. I don't want to deal with that headache. Uh, so if you're going to listen to what I have to say about it, don't even worry about him. Act like he's not even there. Somebody else will get him. It'll be their problem. It's just not worth the risk. You know, there's other players there at the end of round two that are high-quality players as well. Um, I will say if I'm going to take a risk on on someone, it's, it's Ezekiel Elliott just because I think that deal is going to get, going to get done. It's just a gut feeling. I don't have any – Inside info that no one else has. I just, I just feel like that deal's going to get done, and the Cowboys are going to, going to roll out with Zeke this year. Are you sure though? You've been talking to Jason Garrett behind the alleys again. Oh uh, yeah, you know, I have him on a, uh, have him on speed dial. I bet he's a really awkward guy. He looks like he's a big lasagna guy. Yeah, let's throw him and Andrew Luck in a room and just let him talk for a while. But that'd be a pretty awkward um, conversation. That would be yeah between architecture and lasagna, <laughs> building lasagna towers. I don't know. Strange, strange guys, strange times. The stories swirling around Jags rookie quarterback Garner Minshew were tough to comprehend. His parents almost named him Beowulf, catches fish with his bare hands, slept on a $10 mattress in college, walk-on dreamer turned star. But I knew he reminded me of someone. Uncle Rico, legendary figure from the movie Napoleon Dynamite. How you doing? I need your help. Okay. New quarterback in town. Plays like a modern day Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. There's only one Uncle Rico. Nick Foles is done indefinitely. Broken clavicle. How did that how did that affect uh, affect you today? Yeah, I was devastated, so right off the bat typical this has been my luck this year for all for all fantasy sports but right when we see that deep ball I think it was like a 45 yard pass on the money from Foles for a touchdown I was like okay my favorite QB play of the day I'd posted on the Patreon all my plays I was killing it and running back and receiver and then all of a sudden Nick Foles out quarter one so yeah wasn't too thrilled with that but you know I hate it for him as a player that he's going to miss this season because I thought the, the Jags had a chance to turn it around. If you've been listening to the podcast, I was pretty high on the Jags over their win total. You were and, that. And now we had a – the good news is the backup is looks kind of um, appealing, better than Blake Bortles possibly. So, yeah. Um, so, I have to go ahead and say uh, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> what, what a force of nature. Okay, so – I'm going to go ahead and paint this picture for you, all right? This all happens very, very quickly. You know, I'm watching Red Zone, um, and then I see that he's going to the locker room, and nobody knows really what's happening. And it just cuts scene to, like, this dude just, like, in its back, and all you see is Minshew, too. And it's, like, just hairs, like, flipping in the wind. And he just turns around, and he's got the most intense – like stare with handlebar mustache and I written I immediately thought like 
when the fuck did they let White Goodman's son into the NFL? That was my <laughs> immediate reaction. And then I'm just like, this guy right fucking here. This guy is the guy. Like, this is the Dude, chosen When they one. cut to him, when they cut the, the scene to him and he grabbed his helmet and I saw the mustache, I said, Chase is going to be fully erect when he sees this guy's the backup. Boner fucking <laughs> fuel, son. Like, I've never been, like, gung-ho over a backup QB. But this guy right here, I'm all in. So, like, I remember seeing videos of him. Like, he was Washington State that he played for. Yes, Coach, him and Mike Leach. Coach Mike Leach, like, one of the most amazingly weird coaches that have ever existed. Love every single drip of existence out of that guy. And then he's got that for a quarterback. I'm like, man, when this dude gets to the league, it's going to be insane. I lost touch. I didn't think about him for a long time. And then he popped up on my television today in all of his fucking, like, 1970s porn stash glory. And I was like, this fucking guy is going to save the Jaguars. Dude, he looked like he came, was, like, coming off a bender from last night, and he did not get – Right. He did, a, he did a, like, two, two too many lines of cocaine and, like, <laughs> was just, like, trying to, like, get a grip on, um, on, on his shit. But I have to do this real quick. Um, uh, just give me one second. This is immediate. This is the song that I think about when I when I see Garter Minshew. Like this, whenever it cut to him today, like this is all I could think about. <laughs> like that is Garter Minshew. This song is Garter Minshew. It's fucking uh, Life's Been Good by Joe Walsh. So, don't forget it. Yeah, that's Garner Minshew's theme song. So, I want him to be good so bad. I'm hoping it's too. not that I'm hoping it's not the Chiefs' defense is, is crappy because they are. I hope he comes out next week and, and, and does okay. I do too, man. Like, this is like some Nick Mullins type shit. It could be on some Nick Mullins type shit. Um, so I like the sound better. of that. Yeah, maybe better, okay? But – yeah, I'm probably going to get a, a Minshew jersey. It's probably going to happen soon. Um, but he scored 18 fantasy points. So, if, if you're in a deep-ass league and you had Nick Foles, perfect opportunity. Garner Minshew. Matt Prater, first overall. Any kicker league that I'm in, going to draft him the first round. He can kick it. He kicked it, man. He kicked it. The, the, the Nick Swardson of kickers. <laughs> He looks like Nick Swartzen. Like all he needs is rollerblades and the Reno nine one one set, and he's. Didn't good. Prater get called for PEDs? Have to like get suspended for a few games? Didn't that happen to him? Probably. He looks like that guy. Yeah, I think like, that happened. It was like a guy that like, like he wanted to like you know take some uh, take him some some horse tranquilizers mixed with some some testosterone. Like, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a uh, the kicker that was famous for getting a suspension for PEDs and everyone was making a joke about it on the internet because it was a kicker. Matt Prater, the 101 of fantasy. Yep. He was on the Broncos and he was suspended for the first four games due to violating the NFL substance abuse policy. And now he's with the Lions. Yep. See, he went from a horse to a, a machine that lives in Africa and lives on rocks and has a mean uncle named Scar. <laughs> That's what you did. We've been all over the place this episode. All uh, over the place. Hey, it's, I'm, I'm here for it. Shout out Matt Stafford for being relevant again. Special guest, uh, reoccurring guest, Howard Bender joins the show. And uh, we've got a whole lot to talk about, so we're going to get kicked right off into this. Howard, 
How the hell have you been, man? I've been great. You know, just uh, doing my thing. NFL season. We're off to a really strong start. A lot of hits, not so many misses, and uh, yeah, just uh, some good things. I mean, it's been a bittersweet day today. I uh, I lost internet access today at, at home and had to have somebody sub in the show at SiriusXM. So as stressful as that can be in the mornings, at some point you just turn around and you say, well, I can't really do anything. So maybe I'll take a nap. That's crazy. That shit's not supposed to happen, man. <laughs> like Everybody hates when the internet goes out. I know I've, ha- I've had to deal with it. Like I had to use my personal hotspot sometimes for things. Drew, Drew, do you ever have that problem? Yeah, I'm always having to get on my hotspot for work. So when I'm on the road and stuff, and then sometimes at the at the place. So. Well, so I live in a small town in Northern California. The whole area was out. You know, I was up at four in the morning. So from four to about 7.30, hotspot, no problem. As soon as everybody started waking up and realizing what was going on and businesses were trying to fire up, boom, network was jammed. Verizon went down for a while. I mean, it was oh just. Oh, my God. Yeah, this was like, this was like the, again, <laughs> bittersweet, really super frustrating. I got like all, all my writing in early in the morning. And then when I was like all about to start prepping for the show and uh, the rest of my day, it all crapped out. So, you know, what are you going to do? Again, I'll, I'll treat it. I treated it as a, as a mini vacation day. That's like a, that, that's like a, I don't even know. That's like a apocalypse almost though, especially like being in like on the West coast and the internet going out. Like Tina can't post her Instagram pictures. Like, like Kyle's like trying to like play Xbox. Like it's, that's wild shit. Like just outages, like a power outage. Yeah. yeah it it happen was, often. Um, it's, you know, because we live on the coast. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, earthquakes and shit right yeah well i mean uh, you know earthquakes wind everything you know it's just that kind of just craziness there but you know like the worst part is you know you want to sit there on on your phone you can kind of make up for it and i'm like trying to scroll through my twitter timeline i'm trying to answer some questions that people are throwing down but every time i like answer a question then it resets me on my notifications page to the most recent one so that i gotta keep scrolling and scrolling 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 catch up to where i was like eight hours ago, 10 hours ago. And it was just, yeah. So I just decided to say, Oh, I almost, uh, almost cursed on your podcast guys. You can say fuck. We don't, I, we don't. Well, then I said, fuck it, man. And I put it all down and said, I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. See, see, like it, it's great. Cause, cause you know, cause you know, when you're in the garage, man, you're in the virtual garage right now. So you know that anything goes, so it's whatever. Well, I appreciate that. that yeah. Is. So you're good. So, Look, so this game that we just watched, so we, we've got to discuss this shit. I'm literally floored that the Eagles just beat the Packers at home. Um, I did not see that coming. But this game, like, of all the Thursday night games we've had thus far, the only other exciting one I can, I can think of was just when Gardner Minshew's dad was just electric, um, and he was electric on the field. So this, like, beats that. So week four is trending pretty good so far. What, what were y'all's big takeaways from this one? Um, I mean, you know, for me, it was don't count Jordan Howard out. And while Jordan Howard doesn't really uh, fit wholeheartedly with Doug Peterson's scheme, you know, Doug Peterson comes from that Andy Reid coaching tree, which is where Matt Nagy comes from. So it always shocked me that Jordan Howard went from the Bears to the Eagles knowing what the expectations are for running backs. But when you match up against this Green Bay defense and you really need to you know, kind of wear down that front seven. They really do have a strong secondary. But if you wear down that front seven and the linebackers have to start, uh, you know, moving forward and committing to the run, everything then kind of opens up from there. So 
the the heavy use of Jordan Howard was something I was really looking for in this game, uh, and it kind of just it, it made me happy to see that uh, Doug Peterson isn't as big a tool as most people think he is. Yeah, I wish I would have known that because like I, I was the the guy that did Miles Sanders pretty much like everybody else in the country. Cause like, I'm thinking like for me personally, like looking at the Eagles backfield, like we just have that stereotype, just kind of like, Oh, gross, like stay away. So I'm thinking this Packers defense is looking good, but then they go and they run Jordan Howard, like out of, out of between him and Miles Sanders, it just kind of threw me off, man. Just because I, I put the tweet out, like I was pretty sure the Eagles found a time machine to get the old Jordan Howard. <laughs> and bring him back to the future because I haven't seen Jordan Howard do some shit like this in years. No, it was great. It was great to see. Absolutely. So I guess that that would be my biggest takeaway from this. I know that, you know, some people are going to be like, well, Green Bay's defense, you know, they just gave up all these points. You know, again, it's, you know, it's what you're prepping for as a, uh, as a, as a coach. And I think that Mike Pettin was definitely prepping for a different game plan from, uh, from what you know, what the Eagles ended up doing, and you know, adjustments will be made. Yeah, the big thing for me, the big takeaway was it seemed like Matt Lafleur's offense didn't look all that much different than the the old Green Bay offense. A lot of back shoulder throws from Aaron Rodgers just didn't look all that different. What a what did you guys think about that? I actually I do agree with you there, and I'm I'm curious as to how much that was Aaron Rodgers changing the game plan a little bit. Like, you know, what, we, what we've seen is that Aaron Rodgers for the first three weeks has very much towed the company line and has been going along with Matt LaFleur's game plan. And you look at the fact that they haven't been throwing the ball and they've been grabbing an early lead and then kind of just turtling and, and grinding it out on the ground there and just chewing up the clock. Pace of play is ridiculously slow. So, you know, when they immediately, when they went from, you know, when they started going, uh, when they went down at the end of that second half, uh, first half, I mean, I thought, well, here you go. This is where Aaron Rodgers turns to LaFleur and says, all right, you got to let me, you know, you got to open me up a little bit here. He and brings yet, the LeBronness. Yeah, it does. It, it's bringing the LeBronness. Yeah, that was like the big observation I had. And it was actually enjoyable to watch the Packers offense because they haven't been able to get that run game established the first few weeks, even with, you know, rotating Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, which has been frustrating as a fantasy owner. So, yeah, got it. Got to say, uh, got to say prayers up, bless up for, for Jamal Williams. I don't know if we've, if anybody's heard anything recently about him. I haven't seen anything come by, but it uh, looked like a pretty scary injury. Very first play of the game, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, the last I saw was that he was still undergoing tests, but he's got uh, complete mobility in all four of his limbs. So, well, that's good. That's good. Maybe, maybe he will like find like a nice seat because I know a lot of Aaron Jones owners were sad. Yet, maybe a little, you know, a little smirk on their face. <laughs> hey, let's be realistic here. <laughs> like, this run game, everybody expected Aaron Jones to be the guy, the, the lean-on one, and then when LaFleur comes out and says, oh, we're going to get Jamal Williams involved as well. That was probably one of the most disgusting fucking things I've read so far this year, especially as an Aaron Jones owner myself. So I don't even know who's behind Aaron Jones um, in the depth chart. So it's a it's, rookie. I'm not sure. can't remember his name right now. Yeah, yeah, off the top of the head. It's um, oh it's, god, it's like okay. a Dexter, Dexter something. Yeah, Dexter Williams. Yeah. Dexter Williams. Dexter Williams. Dexter's laboratory. It's a but lot see, of experimentation. Are we are we are we <laughs> overreacting to Jamal Williams' usage rate in the last game? Like, I I think that people were forgetting the fact that Aaron Jones hurt his shoulder, and you know they were pulling him back 
from doing a lot of the work in between the 20s because of his shoulder injury, and they didn't want to ruin him. But they used him at the goal line. Like, that was the important thing. He had the two touchdowns. He only had 19 yards, and Jamal Williams got that work between the 20s. But you still got great value out of Aaron Jones, and I think that people were kind of just overreacting to the fact of, you know, this is what happens. Like, if you don't if, – if you're, if you're box score surfing versus – actually watching the games and, and picking up on stuff. You saw Aaron Jones leave the game for a little while, and you know it was questionable to return because of his shoulder. Then he did come back, and then he got a touchdown run. So I think that that's you know, one of the important things to, for, for people to understand is that you can't, you can't base a decision like, oh, this is all of a sudden I'm, I'm screwed because this is a timeshare if you didn't understand what was actually going on. Yeah, I tried. I, I know that Drew himself, he's he's got Jamal and he's got Aaron in the GGFS Pro League. And I know we, we were we were talking about possibly trading. It didn't end up happening because I have Aaron in a lot of other places. But I personally am like okay with him. I think he's gonna be fine throughout the season. I don't think that it's gonna be that big of a deal because I think eventually he's just gonna work his way into where he's like, you know, he's doing his thing. He's gonna keep producing and like that's not gonna go anywhere or stop. But like you're saying right now, it's just when you're seeing that stuff, a casual player, anybody is, it's, it's, I mean, rightfully freaking out. And so, yeah, it's our job to calm people down. And I just wanted to calm you down a little bit, Drew, because I knew that you <laughs> Well, I mean, the sound out of control, man. The, 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 the snap count was just a little low. I mean, it's like at 60% for the year. And I would have liked to have seen that, you know, when you're investing a what, a second, third round draft pick, you'd like to see it a little higher. I get it, man. Listen, there, there are a lot of people who are disappointed in a number of players right now because they drafted them too high. How many times have you guys heard, oh, man, what do I do with O.J. Howard? I use a six-round draft choice on him. He's my top tight end. <laughs> now, this guy sucks balls. Yeah, big fuckery from O.J. this year. It's uh, Yeah, a lot of people are, are pretty much off. I've been seeing him getting dropped like fucking flies everywhere in leagues all across that I'm in. So that's just one of those things you had to kind of – it was a toss-up to begin with. I don't really know where the hype came from, honestly, with him. But um, one person I did want to say, going back to Green Bay, um, one person you were high on, uh, I believe, this this coming into this season, Howard, was uh, Geronimo Allison, who may or may not also be a sex addict. There was some <laughs> that came out during the game. Uh, just wanted to read a couple of tweets from Geronimo here back in 2012. If I'm in ya and you itching your motherfucking head up my wall trying to get away, ho, yo pussy ain't shit. That was just one tweet from Geronimo Allison. That was beautiful verbiage and words. Um, in, in 2012, what was he, 14 years old? Yeah, dude, that's what's wild about this, <laughs> man. Like, why, why do we bring up stuff that people – listen, I was an asshole in my teenage <laughs> years. I was – listen, I try to be a nice guy – uh, as I, I've, as I've gotten older and matured, we're all assholes as teenagers. Sure. Some of us are more well-behaved than others, but, oh man. I mean, if, if we're going back seven years on somebody's <laughs> Twitter account like that, oh my God, I'm, so glad, came, I'm so glad Twitter wasn't around when I was a kid. Holy I would have loved man. to just like, see what that was like. Th somebody should make that like Twitter for like people that didn't have Twitter. Like, things that they would have said. Like, what's a tweet you would have put out when you were, like, 14 years old, Howard? I have no idea. But here's your – this is your million-dollar movie idea, Chase. Now what you and Drew have to do is you have to go in and write, like, a screenplay of a guy who's, like, my age, who's about to turn 50, 
and like suddenly had the power to create Twitter back in the day. And then what, what kind of things he would have said as an idiot 15 year old. We're going to call it, we're going to call it wise words <laughs> spoken starring Howard Bender. So we're going to just, we're just going to, we're just going to hire you and we're going to make this movie and we're going to make it very low budget. And we're going to go win a Sundance film festival. As long as you feed me three squares a day, I'll, I'll be good for that. You can, that's how you can pay me. We, we can make it happen. We, we can definitely do that. Can we all wear jorts and uh, the chosen one shirts? We too, have to. Right? Yeah. We have to wear jorts, Howard. Uh, uh, sorry, I draw the line. Um, <laughs> like Broadway, a Broadway Joe T-shirt or tank top. <laughs> yeah, now, now, I do that, and everybody's gonna think I'm Lenny Melnick. So. Oh shit! I don't even know who that is. <laughs> oh my god, Lenny, Lenny's the legend, dude. I'm gonna look him up though. But uh, real, real talk though, Geronimo did have some hype coming into this season, and like I ended up drafting him myself. Like I thought that he was gonna get a little more love than MVS. But I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you were you were pretty high on him as well, right? I was I was really high on Geronimo Allison. Listen, I think that you know he was coming out of the slot. I you know if you had to make and I did this bit on the on the Sirius XM show was you know guys that you have to you know just let go if if you if you desperately need the roster spot then you desperately need the roster spot. So I was like, if Allison's not going to see the targets. Then, then he's just he's a guy that you have to let go, especially if you're dealing with an injury. And like, let's say you lost Saquon Barkley. I mean, who are you going to cut from your roster? Uh, you know, somebody who's, you know, like, uh, you know, even like a like a DJ Chark who's getting all that work from your boy Minshew, or, you know, a guy like Allison who we just we haven't figured out the usage. But like, the funny thing is, is through the first two weeks of the season, MVS sucked too. Like everybody, I was getting, I was getting dogged by people, dogged by people over the first couple of weeks because Geronimo Allison wasn't producing, and that MVS in week three had the 99 yards and a touchdown, and I was like, uh, you know, listen, you want to go ahead and take your victory lap here in week three? Go ahead, take your victory lap in week three. But you know, I, I'm willing to wait and see what happens here. And now, what did I don't know? If I, was MVS even on the friggin' field today? Where you have like three catches tonight? And Geronimo Allison had the touchdown, so uh, you know I get this is like a lesson to be learned. Don't don't take your victory lap early, uh, and when you think about trolling, suck it. Go somewhere else. <laughs> it's a, yeah, MVS had what three receptions, forty-seven yards, no touchdowns. Oh my God, he's terrible. We should just cut him right now. He's a piece of shit. Exactly right. Well, I mean, Devonte Adams is uh, was was on the sideline, went into the tent. I saw him grabbing his toe. It's definitely going to be something to watch. So, for Devontae on, owners out there, like, hold your breath. That's all I can say. Because he was sitting there just squeezing that toe. Like, just, just like a sack of soft cheese. So, just hope to God <laughs> that his toe is okay. <laughs> I just really do. Hey, Jimmy cool. Graham kind of showed up tonight a little bit. Dude, he did. a few drops. Did you see him snagging, like, trying to snag that football? Like, just, like, rocket mode. I don't even understand how he did. Like, he didn't grab it, but, like, where he was just reaching behind his head and just, like, dipping them back in, like, real quick, like, showing off, like, some kind of, like, fancy basketball pivots and tricks in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Didn't he drop that one, though, or did he, he catch did. it? He did. He dropped them, but they looked – the hands looked really good. He got some style points. He did get style points for sure. Jimmy had, what, it was 18 fantasy points on DK, one touchdown, 10 targets, 61 yards, six receptions. Pretty solid day. Can't A very complain. nice effort. The old, the old basketball player. 
That's so, referenced like every time. If there's like a yeah. betting line, you could bet on the um, on you know the, the announcer to say something about basketball. You'd make a lot of money. I just need him to dunk it in one more time, like he used to do back in the dome. Like you have no idea how exciting that was to like be in the dome and just watch him catch a touchdown and just dunk it through the uprights. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> you're, you're not a fan, are you? Uh, you know, listen, he's Jimmy Graham. I, I, I enjoyed him. There was a lot of good stuff to, to be had from him. It's, you know, it's sporadic usage. You know, the problem is, is like too many people remember that as Jimmy Graham. And when he was with the Saints, he was a lot different than he is now. And it's, you know, it's system, it's usage, it's stuff like that. It's It's the injuries, the wear and tear on his body. So, you know, I try not to, you know, I try not to get caught up in the hype of a guy who has shown clear decline and is not working in a system that features him anymore and getting really amped up about, you know, a big game like this and think, oh, shit, he's back. And, and all of a sudden you just start thinking that, that he's the Jimmy Graham of old. And it's just not the case. Yeah, that was like week one. And that was my thing, too. Like, I didn't realize it. But, like, he's been in the league for nine years now. That's crazy to me. Like, literally came in the league in 2010. And, like, I'm sitting here, like, like thinking about that. I'm like, fuck, I'm getting old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that made me feel old, too. Hey, but oh, one, of my, yeah. one of my favorite things in DFS, though, was in DFS, like, right after the Saints tenure when he was trending down and no one wanted to believe that he wasn't that good, I loved fading that guy. I just – I've never really rostered Jimmy Graham since the Saints days. So, it's really, it's really benefited me um, in that aspect. Never kind of like, kind of like, kind of like the Howard's point. You know, people like to think back to when he was that good. Well, it's like everybody holding out hope that we're going to see a 2016 version of Josh Gordon or 2014. I don't even remember. It's been so long. 20, since that 2014, that. when he was when he was sipping on the scissor and popping the Addies and smoking smoking the reefer and just killing the game in fantasy points. Well, so there you go. Everybody's holding on to that one, too. Yeah. So it's not the same guy without alcohol and marijuana. So that, that was entertaining, though. That was with some bad quarterbacks, too. Oh, my God, was it entertaining. That dude had me, like, on another level in fantasy because nobody in our, my league knew who the fuck he was. And I'm just like, I don't either. But look at how many points this guy's getting me. <laughs> like, that was before we were watching Red Zone. Wild times. So, Howard. We can't have a show with you on it without you giving some insight to the listeners on some guys they're looking forward to. I think I have seen more people freaking out than ever before this year about their teams. Like, I know me personally in the GGFS Pro League, I've got a, a, a pretty rough team this year so far. I don't know if you've got to check the roster, but it's not that beautiful. But there's a lot of other people out there in the same situation that I'm in, that I'm in right now and they have them in a lot more leagues that are, that are that way. So I wanted you to know if you could give maybe like a couple of guys that you're looking at right now that are on the waiver wire, some guys that people need to trade for. How can people save their season while we're still early coming into week four? Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that people need to do first and foremost is to stop chasing last week's points. Like that's the problem is that, you know, people sit there and, you know, you're looking at guys on your waiver wire and you're like, all right, who am I going to pick up? You know, who killed it last week? Who's going to, you know, when they, when they do the search for free agents and, and they're not looking at the right things. They're just basically looking at yards, cat, you know, catches, rushes, yards, and touchdowns, and that's it. And they're not looking at things like snap count. They're not looking at, like, all right, a couple of guys who 
you know, I, I think that, that people need to pay attention to, whether they're in a 10-team league or a 12-team league, depending on who's available on your waiver wire. I'm, I'm big on, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm big on DJ Chark. Um, you know, he's been spending his time last year and this year working on the set with the second teams. He's, he saw, you know, all his preseason reps, the majority of his preseason reps with Gardner Minshew. And so when Foles went down, who was Minshew going to lean on? Was he going to lean on a guy like Dede Westbrook or Keelan Cole, who, uh, you know, Foles has been throwing to the entire time? Or is he going to lean on Chark, whom, you know, he spent the entire time with during the preseason, knows his tendencies, their timing is down, and things like that. So I think that Chark is a guy who, you know, you definitely you need to believe in. You need to believe in Larry Fitzgerald, that as, as crappy as – this Arizona team is going to end up at the end of the year. Um, the one thing that seems to be instilled in Kyler Murray that's actually smart is lean on your veteran. Lean respect on your elders. Yeah, exactly. Respect your elders. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I'm with that. Terry McLaurin. Everybody's scary talking. Terry. Scary Terry. I don't yeah, know. Right. Those Do you like nick- Scary Terry F1? Like, I've been seeing that everywhere. No, I, I mean, but the nickname? Yeah, everybody's no, been like, I, Josh Hayes had one the other day he put out. He was like, it was like F1, Scary Terry. Um, I don't even know what the other people are called. I call him Scary Terry. I, I call know. Scary. I call Terry Rozier from the Celtics Scary Terry. No, this is the I, I Scary Terry. call him Terry McLaurin. The, the, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, that way, so that way people actually know who you're talking about when you're like referencing players. Like, I'll just, you know, listen, oh, please. Uh, the Danny Dimes nickname is the fucking stupidest nickname I've ever heard in my Take life. Take that back right now. No, I'm telling you flat out, dude. It is it is a horror show of a nickname. And, and, and I'll tell you what. The worst part about it is is that everybody who's calling him that right now are the same people who shit on him and Dave Gettleman from the moment he was drafted sixth overall. Well, I didn't shit on any of them because I so didn't true. care. <laughs> that's so true though. that's the same people that were that the were fans yeah, they're like oh yeah. now he's fucking Danny Dimes man yeah look at him going to the fucking Super Bowl blah 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 <laughs> meanwhile yeah those are the guys who are like oh the fucking Giants suck why did you fire this GM why did you who's he taking this is crap Howard hates the Giants by the way I can't tell <laughs> I actually don't hate the Giants it's just that my wife is a diehard Giants fan oh fuck yeah that's yeah, yeah and, and, I have a Giants question for Howard sure so now that we have to like reanalyze their their passing attack, what, what's your thoughts on uh, Cody Latimer? I, you know what? It's funny. I actually, if he plays this week, I really like Latimer for this week because so for me, with no Saquon Barkley, um, you know, Gallman's got his limitations. This is going to be a much more improved short passing game. So you're going to get Golden Tate back. Benny Fowler is there. Sterling Shepard is not even uh, considered somebody who should be like a deep threat. Like, so Latimer is a guy who's got the speed to stretch the field on the outside, but he's also got the, the, the you know, the wherewithal to work out of the slot too. So what I think is going to happen is, is that this Giants passing game is just going to be seeing a lot of mice running around the field in like three and four wide receiver sets. All these crossing routes, picks are going to be run, and it's just going to be a, an offense that has the potential, if it's run successfully, uh, that can march down the field. Can it's it be completely effective? Could it be completely effective? I mean, you know, yeah, but you, you do need Gallman to actually do something. You need to be able to, you know, keep the defenses honest. 
and not just have them like play for the short pass because they'll just shorten up the field. They'll show you, they'll immediately they'll go into zone coverage, and you know, and it's going to be much more difficult for the Giants to be successful. So it's really going to hinge on on how much Gallman steps up. Yeah, I just wanted to ask because I know that was a guy I was kind of high on, but with Eli there, I never really considered him. So now that we're kind of oh, now you got Danny Dimes, you psych. <laughs> oh yeah, Dimes, I'm not gonna lie. Look, okay, so after me, like I had Cam. I like I did not. I hated the fact that I drafted Cam where I drafted him in the pro league this year. I did not want Cam, and it was like a pressure pick. I didn't know. I didn't see anybody else around that area that I liked, and I didn't want to dive too deep for some of the people that I that I had on my radar. So I ended up getting Cam, dropped Cam, uh, picked up Gardner Minshew, picked up um, picked up him after Foles, and then I had Matt Stafford. I just don't really know how I feel about Stafford throughout the year with carry on. And so I just got Daniel Jones on this team that I have that's already just like complete, just like gut bustered on faith right now. So I'm looking forward to the matchup this week, but I have a feeling I'm going to be streaming quarterbacks for the rest of this season. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, I'd kind of hold on to Stafford there. I think that, you know, he's definitely, he's probably got the highest floor out of them, at least for the time being right now. Just with the tenure. And a great matchup against Kansas City this week, too. Their yeah. defense sucks. I think, Chase, did you drop Stafford for uh, Daniel Jones? Or did you I keep don't him? know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm so going to his team right now. I'm telling you. There is no go. Stafford. There's no Stafford, but you're holding Hunter Henry. What is wrong with you? Dude? I don't know. I got faith, bro. <laughs> Actually, oh I don't, dude. God. I'm telling you, like after after the first week, or after week two, I'm looking at this team and I'm just like, how in the fuck did you draft this sober? Like, like after just like really like I had such high hopes for like Montgomery coming in, like Michelle. I thought that like this would maybe maybe something would change with the Patriots this year and like. Like all of my shit was just like like it's like I had like a I was like a kid that had like like the bubble bubble wrap you know you pop it all but like somebody gave me a sheet of it and like all the bubbles were popped. <laughs> that's, that's basically what this this year has been. Hey, like. I, mean, I think <laughs> I think you're gonna see Montgomery uh bounce back pretty strong. I'm feeling I'm pretty high on him. I feel like board. as the season goes on, like he's gonna be okay. Like I'm not I'm not tripping on Montgomery there. But yeah, yeah, just I some agree. of my other ones. I've I've got to this point now where like with with the pro league, like I'm doing really well at the other ones. So like I'm looking at the pro league now, and I'm just like, okay, I'm like, you got a couple options here. I was like, I was like, you're gonna either have to just hold on for hope, or you can just start making some ballsy moves. So I'm just going with ballsy moves. Ballsy moves are good. Start making some trades. Pick yourself up. I don't even know who in this league has Dalvin Cook, but. Man, uh, Samborski, so, you're playing him this week. Oh, am I playing against? See, that blows. See, you know, I, I, I fucking let Jim Bowden talk me into diversifying my roster this year and trying it out because I hate diversifying my rosters in between leagues. Like, it's you, just, you, you know, it's it like, what's that? I'm saying, yeah, I understand because, like, you want to, like, have, like, your same guys. Like, like if, well, if I believe in a guy, guys, if I, yeah, if I believe in a guy, I believe in a guy. And I don't want to sit there and, and hedge and, and try out, way. you know, another player. If, I'm gonna, if I believe that I can win with a player, I should, be, I should believe that I can win with him anywhere. And, and Jim got me onto this whole, you know, you need to diversify your roster because what happened was, was I got hit hard in baseball this year. And I had Aaron Judge and Matt Olson and Mike Clevenger, 
and all three of them went down like right there from the start of the season. It really just, you know, it shook up every single one of my teams and I was, uh, I was playing from behind the entire way there. And so when we went into football season, I was like, all right, you know, cause I mean, we're, we, you know, like, like morons, we're all start drafting in June for whatever fucking reason that is. It's crazy. Um, it's, just, it's, so it's, the, it's the thrill. It's the fever. So, you know, all the, all the stuff from baseball was fresh in my mind. And now I'm looking at it. It's like all those early shares that I took of Dalvin cook and, and uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a couple other players who I was like really high on, like early on. But I was like, you know, those guys are all like killing it right now. And my teams are doing real well. And all the teams where I like hedged and diversified my roster some of them are like, you know, well, this team's okay, but it ain't great. And so it just it annoys me. Away. Right? So, I mean, like, Dalvin Cook is a guy who I was just so huge on throughout the entire offseason and throughout, you know, and I wish I had him everywhere. I probably have him in, like, 80% of my teams. But I should have him at 100%. You know what's funny is that I was actually, like, really low on Dalvin Cook going into this season. Like, I felt like everybody was, like, stupid hyping him up. And, like, I wasn't even really thinking about the fact that, like, Gary Kubiak is going to, like, establish that run game, yeah. like, really strong. And I'm just like, man, like, I did, like, the I broke one of the, like, unwritten rules. Like, don't make your choices predicated on you think they're going to get injured. And, like, I was just, like, immediately, like, I want nothing to do with Dalvin Cook. And I was so high on it. And then, like, after, like, the second week, this one guy that, like, me and him were just talking mad shit after we did our Dynasty League. And um, shout out to the, the Fantasy Twitter Dynasty League, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I had to go at him, and I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to swallow my pride and just be a man. I was like, dude, I was dead wrong. And I was, dude. I was dead wrong about Dalvin Cook. He is a monster, dude. Well, see, listen, I, I, he's got every, every chance possible to get hurt again. I mean, you know, last year's hamstring issues, that really pissed everybody off. The year before, it was the ACL. Um, but, you know, let this be a, a, a lesson to people that, A, it's about buying into the system, not just the player, and, B, it's why you handcuff. Because every league that I have Dalvin Cook, I have Alex Madison. Madison. And I mean, listen, you saw you've saw, you've seen him run now a couple of times, and that dude is explosive. And Madison's yeah, the truth too, man. So if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, okay, fine. I still have Madison running in a system that belongs to Gary Kubiak and Rick Dennison. It's like the the Chiefs are all interchangeable cogs in that backfield. Right now, it's LaShawn McCoy. You need LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams. If, once McCoy gets hurt, Daryl Williams is going to step up, and he's going to be the guy. You know, because Damian Williams is a puss, and he's never going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> now, dude, that's why I was so big on Carlos Hyde this season. I thought that, like, like I was like, dude, any, any running back that goes into Kansas City is going to be fine. Like, yeah. But now yeah. I got Carlos Hyde in Houston. Like, thank God he got a touchdown last Sunday. Uh, like other than that, like it's just been. Bad. He had ninety. He had ninety yards the the week before that, man. I, yeah. Listen, I I like that. I mean, listen, Lamar Miller's trash, and him being out for the season is probably the best thing that could have ever happened to the Texans. But now, I mean, it's about they got to patch up that offensive line. But Hyde is not a bad guy to own in fantasy right now. Great and flex play. I'm at the point now where I'm just seeing him. Basically, he's going to be at the point to where he's getting more more out there than Duke Johnson is, and I thought it was going to be the other way around. Yeah, little little Dookie Johnson's never held that job on his own. I was uh, 
Yeah. Hey, what look. was it? At one point, it was Duke Johnson and Demaria, Demaria Crockett. Is that what it was? And I was just like, Demaria I, Crockett, I, yeah. I kept stumbling on the name on air, so I was like, fuck it, man. Just puke and diarrhea right here in the backfield. <laughs> Yeah, it, took, it took you guys a minute, right? Yeah. I was like, wait, what a, <laughs> That's a hell of a sentence right there. Dude. Right? You got Puke Johnson and Diarrhea Crockett. It was just a real shitty backfield to invest in. Oh, my God. That was the best. We need to get T-shirts. We're getting those T-shirts made next. <laughs> shitty backfield. What? Uh, how are you feeling about Duke Johnson, Drew? No, I was just about to say, I've had, a, I've had some beef with uh, Bill O'Brien this year because the butt one chin? thing with uh, – Yeah, with Butt Chin. So, you know, their whole thing is trying to protect – they should be trying to protect Deshaun Watson, and their O-line's been garbage for a while. And, like, one way to alleviate that is to to utilize the running back screen, and they are just refusing to use Duke Johnson in the manner that they should. Yeah, I think the, the big problem here is the is the offensive line just not holding together. And I, I think, you know, I think the addition of Tunsil will help down the road here. But I think, you know, when you're looking at, like, Hyde and Johnson – um, you know, you're just you're dealing with a split backfield. Duke has always been in that role, that pass catching role, and you know it's tough to be in that role when you're dealing with a a quarterback who likes to try and extend plays with his legs. Yeah, you know, you'll get the occasional dump off, but he's sitting there and he's got his head, you know, facing downfield the entire time while he's rolling out, so he's not necessarily seeing the safety valve just sitting right there which kind of limits, you know, Duke's upside. You know, I wish he would, I wish he would be able to take it between the tackles a little bit more. Maybe, maybe try running him out of the slot a little bit. Yeah. He's just, he's just like, he's not that guy though, man. Like, I mean, for me, I've owned Duke Johnson, like a lot of years, like, especially when he was with Cleveland and like, I've just, I remember like having those games. I mean, he's always had his ups and downs, but like whenever he does like break out, I mean, he did, like he's catching the balls out the backfield, like left and right. Like I just for the years that I've had him, but I just want to see him be that guy again. Like I really thought that like him coming to Houston, he we were going to see just a bunch of just dump off passes like from from Deshaun Watson to him, and I really thought that was going to help. But then like when the whole Carlos Hyde situation happened, now I'm being like, okay, well they've got the two Cleveland boys in their backfield, and uh, they're having their little reunion. But um, it's just crazy to see how things turn out. Like, you have these, these super high expectations. You go out of your way to draft Duke Johnson um, before the season starts, and then it's just in a snap of a finger, everything changes. Fantasy football's wild. <laughs> just a wild, wild time. Wild game. Howard, before we let you go, we're doing a throwback for the 100th episode, and we always do a, a Netflix show of the week or a movie, whatever. We're just calling it Garage Flicks now, from here on out. Howard, give our listeners a movie or a TV show that you're watching right now. Tell us a little bit about it. Let's discuss. <laughs> um, you know, when, when you've been married as long as I have and you're sitting there, it's just easier to let your wife pick the majority of shows that you watch on TV. Um, and she controls the DVR because I, I prefer to fall asleep on the couch anyway. Um, but when I'm like, you know, when she's not around, how about some wicked tuna? Like that's a show that, you know, year round now, because they do the, the, you know, regular wicked tuna, uh, fishing show for, uh, you know, up in, up in, uh, off of Massachusetts coast. And then, you know, during the other season, now they're down in North off North Carolina in the outer banks. I mean, it's just, it's dudes sitting on a boat fishing. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a, a boater. I'm not a yachtsman by any stretch of the imagination. I do like to go fishing because I just like the idea of just 
sitting there hanging out. It's quiet. And if you get a bite, you get a bite. And if you don't, whatever, you know, you're just sitting there chilling and hanging out and having a, a good time. Um, but watching these dudes fight these ginormous bluefin tuna uh, is, is always fantastic. And then as it turns out, two of the guys on the show, two of the, uh, the competitors, uh, they're both uh, big fish guys, uh, the band, as well as big obvious fish. fishing. I was going to ask you about that. I see you on Twitter all the time. Um, I've actually looked up the band Fish on Spotify just because of how many shows you're going to. So while, while we got you here, so, so uh, Wild Tuna is – Wicked song. Tuna. Wicked Tuna. It just sounds like one of those, those packs of, like, tuna that you see at dollar stores where they have, like, the spicy flavor. That's <laughs> no, man, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a bluefin tuna catching competition. It's just it's five boats, and they, they sit there, and they, they fish the entire time, and then they bring them in, and then you, like, they, they check out the, uh, the quality of the fish, and they get paid by the guy, and whichever boat at the end of the season has made the most money wins but i mean they're just you know the characters are all just they're they're good characters they're real people so i just kind of i dig that aspect of it even though i you know i don't fish on a regular basis it's just i don't know there's something about the show i really dig good reality tuna show yes all right exactly so you checked it out so with fish so when's the next time you're going to a live show um i don't know i don't know i'm surprised they just announced their New Year's run at Madison Square Garden again. I usually go back for that, but I don't know. My wife wants to stay uh, local for New Year's this year, so I don't know. I, I think uh, it probably is not looking like I'm going to end up seeing a show until their uh, their spring tour of next year. How much weed do you consume at these shows? Uh, a substantial amount. Hell yeah. Got him. All right. <laughs> oh, he does live in California. All right, cool. So, yeah. All right. So well, listen, I, I listen. I never, I never. That's something I never hide, man. Listen, I've never been a uh, an anti weed person, and I think that people who are anti weed just don't really understand it. You know, they just never, it's never got that it. stigma. But I mean, it's so mainstream now. It's like now you actually really need a good backdoor guy to like grow his own because all this like commercialized weed that the government's controlling sucks in comparison. Like you Crazy go to a dispensary stuff. and it's like. Like Are you trash. excited for the Jay and Silent Bob reboot? <laughs> Believe it or not, pro no. <laughs> Damn, I went to movies, man. They were filming that in New Orleans in Metairie, and they had a movies in Metairie. I was super pumped. I yeah. thought you were, I thought you were a Jay and Silent Bob guy. Ah, uh, you know, I mean, it's it was it was funny the first two times. I liked him in the movie Dogma. When they had that appearance yeah. in, in the movie Dogma, that was good. But then all of a sudden, there's like the Jay and Silent Bob strike back and whatever. And then it's just kind of, you know, it, gets Jason, crazy. Jason Muse gets a little old. Right. Yeah, he's definitely, he definitely <laughs> looks a little old real fast right now, too. But Well, that's yeah. what a lifetime of, you know, drugs and alcohol do to you. Yeah, heavy stuff. So what's one fish song that everyone needs to listen to? One fish song that everybody needs to listen to. What's your favorite fish song? All timer. Slave to the traffic light. Slave to the traffic light. All right. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna find the July, the, the July fourth, nineteen ninety nine version of Slave <laughs> to the Traffic Light. All right. It in. Howard, always amazing having you on the show. Thanks for being a friend of the pod. And um, where can everybody follow you at? Follow me on God help me, but follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>
You should at, say don't follow. Don't follow me on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> at Roto Buzz Guy. Uh, I'm all over on uh, Fantasy Alarm. You can email me at Howard at FantasyAlarm.com. Um, you can uh, read all my stuff over there. You can read some of my stuff in the New York Post uh, every Saturday and Sunday. You can hear me on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern and Sunday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Epic. Oh, no, it's 11 p.m. now. Jeez, man. Oh, time yeah, change. Got, yeah, an hour. So it's 11 on Sundays now. 11 on Sundays. Catch All me right. on the Fantasy Alarm podcast. Hey, uh, listen, I'm everywhere. You guys, I'm, I'm easily accessible. Howard Bender, nationwide. Kill me Wide, now. wide. Prestige. Bro. <laughs> wide, wide. <laughs> Howard, we love the shit out of you, man. Thanks so much for being on. Oh, guys, thanks so much for having me, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Both Howard. Hose forever. <laughs> and the clock <laughs> yeah, yeah shout out to the clock shout out to the clock too <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah this is Bubba Smith in Greenville Alabama I just wanted to call and talk to you guys about something my wife don't watch that football and my dog Cujo I think is tired of hearing me talk about it so I just want to talk to you guys about this Antoine Brown guy I'm about sick of him I drafted him in the first round of my fantasy league but I think I might have to drop him First of all, this guy goes and burns his feet in the popsicle stand. I didn't even know that was possible. He should have been more than cowboy boots, and that weren't to happen. Then he goes and talks about how his helmet don't feel. Well, let me tell you something. I've been wearing a cowboy hat that's been too small for my own head for the last 15 years, and I ain't said a word. You just put that sucker on, and you go to work. And now I hear him talk about he's fighting with the GM at practice. Well, I think this is last strong. I think they ought to cut this sucker and send him over to the XFL because this is only something that Jim McMahon could have brought up. So I think it's crazy. Maybe I'm being a little too hard on him, but I just want to hear what you guys think. So just let me know and roll tide. Hey, what's going on? This is Terrence from BlackBeachWeek.com. And let me tell you, I got a very special guest this time. His name is Rick. Got to pause. Okay, so Rick looks way too eager to be on this this thing right now. I have to, I have to just yeah. say that. Guy looks very eager. And where are you from, Rick? Arizona. Arizona? He's been a member for uh, of, of Heatonism 2 for how many years again? Since 1988. How many times have you been here? 40 times. 40 <laughs> okay, what the fuck is hedonism? <laughs> just like this, this, uh, this like festival or something? Because this looks like fucking sandals. It looks like he's in a fucking sandals right now, and he's just like this guy's. This is like where swingers go, man. This is my take. I think it's where swingers go. Okay, I got to finish this now. Why? I mean, why? What, what brings you to hedonism that many times? The wild women, the wild women, the ripping and the tearing, the ripping and the tearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Oh my God! It's so eager. There's no other place in this universe like hedonism too. Hey, pause it. Okay. Pause okay. it. Okay. Hedonism too is an adult-only vacation resort in Jamaica. This dude just like goes here. I feel like even if this guy went here, like he's still having to pay for that pussy. Like this, 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 this guy, Rick. Like I feel like back home, he's like the manager of like a TD Ameritrade. And I was gonna say Waffle House, but go ahead. Yeah, he's no, he's like a bank manager, and he got fired after this went viral. You hear that? You hear that? You hear that? 
Oh, wow. That was a, a bomb-ass song back in the day, though. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so this guy is down on the ground with the V, putting his tongue between his fingers. Oh, wow. This dude almost slips like five times. That dude would have broke his hip immediately. Heatonism would have been over. Uh, everybody's pissed off at Bubba Wallace because he threw water on Alex Bowman's face after the race when Alex Bowman was like trying to like get regenerate his body back to health. Like he couldn't even like stand up. And he was like laying there, like the medical staff was all around him, and he walked over to him, like after he flipped him off and spun him out, he just like slung water in his face. And everybody's like overreacting to that. They're like, I think this is disrespectful. It's like Alex Bowman. More of that. We need yeah, more of that. Yeah, exactly. Like Alex Bowman looked like that little fucking like shithead kid. Like, and I'm not saying that he's a shithead, but he had that look on his face where he was just like, fuck you, motherfucker. And like Bubba was just really mad, like really angry. And he just like threw water in his face. But I mean, for Bubba Wallace, he could just say he was dehydrated and I was just helping. That's and so right. I, I think that's all that, that really happened. Um, Man, I, I just don't want these guys to be friends. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, personally. me too. Like NASCAR needs to get back to like real shit. Like when I was a kid, you, you spun somebody out, they, the, the race was still happening, no caution, and they were just out there fighting in the infield. Like, that's, that's racing. You know what I mean? Like, I want some, like, Ricky Bobby fucking running to the finish line shit, like, and getting hit by a car and possibly dying. Like, that's, that's my kind of racing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, anything, anything that can entertain us is, uh, is basically what we're saying, right? Nothing entertains me more than a human body flying like 800 feet through the air after being hit by a car going like 200 miles an hour. Just Shout downright. Out Grand Theft Auto. There we go. Downright amazing shit right there. So NASCAR, make it happen. Also, um, and Skrillex has seen it and he knows it. And he needs to play more music at NASCAR races because if you've just got EDM pumping through your fucking veins while you're watching cars go 200 miles an hour around a track and every driver just has that pumped in their ears, these are two things that are guaranteed to happen. One, Kevin Harvick is going to quit every race because he doesn't like millennials or their music. And two, I guarantee you that Kyle Larson would probably just like wreck a lot of people without even knowing because he would think that it was just sounds from the music and he would just make it very fun for everyone. And he'd hit the whoa at least like 70 times. So I'm, those are some I'm things. Just, I'm just imagining them playing like Mario Kart out there just like, like hitting each other like bumper cars like just right. not taking it seriously at all we we need that like we need like if 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 there's going to be the nfl and the xfl there needs to be like nascar and like demolition derby nascar real shit like just are literally like i don't know just find a fucking way like if, if one league can race these these tracks then i need to see another nationally televised league we should start that garage guys I don't know. Like, what what could we do? Like, like maybe we'll make like super go karts for <laughs> for people that are over six foot two, and that's the only way you can race is if you're over six foot two and over three hundred pounds. Let's get and over three hundred pounds, yes. And like, there's no like no safety precautions. Everything's just open wheel, no helmets. Like, you literally sign like eight hundred waivers before you go race this race. We probably could get some people to do it if they um, are desperate enough for money guaranteed and then in the middle of the race 
uh, you stop and they all fight, and whoever gets knocked out is immediately disqualified. And Drew, I got one more guy. One more guy that I uh, he plays on a team with a one Gardner Minshew, Uncle Rico's son, guy that I love. You know, I'm a big tight end guy. James O'Shaughnessy, the man, the myth, the legend. This guy is coming into this league, tearing it up with a total of 8.8 fantasy points, killing the game for tight ends. <laughs> Gotta love it. One touchdown, targeted four times, had 18 yards on the day, no rushing yards. That's, that's the way I like my tight ends with a zero flat line for rushing stats. James O'Shaughnessy, the man, the myth, the legend. He is here, the, ki- the, the most killer name. For any tight end that ever walked amongst the earth, don't care what anyone says, James O'Shaughnessy, get him today while you, while you still can because somebody's going to go get him, and it'll probably be me because I don't think anybody else is really looking at him but me. Hey, I got to ask you a question. I want you just to give me the first guess that comes to mind. Where did he go to college? Culinary Academy. <laughs> All right. No, I'll be, I'll be serious. Sorry. I'll be serious. Um. Off the top of my head, I automatically just want to say Notre Dame. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. No, it's uh, Illinois. So, he went to Illinois. Does uh, not seem like an yeah. Illinois guy. Seems like a total Notre Dame guy. I know, because I think the first time we brought up his name on this podcast, I was like, man, this just seems like a Pittsburgh Steelers tight end. That was my first thought. Oh, uh, no, no. This is not a Pittsburgh. No, he's not a Pittsburgh Steelers tight end. He is 100% a Jacksonville Jaguars tight end. He was born to play for this team. Man, but who was it that played tight end for um, Pittsburgh all these years? He just got traded this past year. I, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Jesse James. Yes, like he reminds me a little bit of Jesse James. I don't, I don't know why. So no, this dude looks like fucking um, James Shaughnessy. Just looks like Farva from fucking Super Troopers. That's that's when when I look at his face, I just think Farva. That's James O'Shaughnessy. Love that guy. I'm getting a James O'Shaughnessy. I I, I don't know if I should. I, I got my Minshew jersey on the way, but I feel like I should just double up and get an O'Shaughnessy jersey too. Love the guy. Love in, in the league that you're struggling in, that you feel like there's no hope, maybe it's the GGFS Pro League. I think you got to start Minshew and you got to start O'Shaughnessy and you got to ride that combo. Love it. I should probably just draft the entire Jacksonville Jaguars offense and do something that's never been done before. <laughs> just have one <laughs> game to watch every fucking Sunday. It'd well, be a it was a good time. Stressful. Yeah, it would, but I can't do that. I love this game too much, man. Oh, man, I just found another tight end that I might, I might like. Nick O'Leary. Man, what a name. I love the O's. Like, a tight end with a good O and apostrophe. God, man, just fucking half a chub right there. Nick O'Leary, tight yeah. end for the Miami Dolphins. 1.9 fantasy points. Mm, that just gets me going. Whew. I think we need to get you – like, your natural element is sitting at like a – Buffalo Wild Wings or walk-ons or, you know, sports bar, and you're just eating some wings and you got maybe some some Buffalo sauce on your T-shirt and you're getting real sloppy with it. Maybe you throw a dip in and right. you talk about tight ends. Dip in That's while eating wings. Yeah, I'm talking I'm about like, after the wings, you throw the dip in and you just have a little segment where you talk about tight ends because that stuff really – I mean, I can hear it in your voice how yeah. fired 
that you want to talk about. Tight ends, tight ends, fucking, I love fucking tight ends, man. Like, that's just, that's my position. Like, I want, I, I, before I die, I've got to be in a B-dubs sitting next to fucking James O'Shaughnessy and Nick O'Leary. And we're just going to sit there and we're just going to talk about what it means to be a, a tight end in life. And that's, that's happening, making that happen, making it today. And, and you love, um, who else is it? You hype a tight end every time on podcast. Who was it? Dawson Knox last week? Yeah. Dawson Knox fucking Rambo. They're calling the kid Rambo. Gotta love that. I do, I do want to give a shout out to a couple of these other players that I, I'm just looking at right now. Just some electric names. Byron Pringle, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. 2.3 fantasy points. And Bobo Wilson. Hell of a fucking name. Dude's name is Bobo. Like, Bobo. Bobo. Bobo Wilson, wide receiver for Tampa Bay. 2.4 fantasy points. God, I love these guys. Just these bottom... Bottom feeding fantasy. Don't, hey, don't forget guy. about your, your Saints guy. What was this uh, Lil Jordan? Yeah, Lil Jordan Humphreys. He's back. Got, but he's more of like Lil Jordan's like that guy that just like comes like he comes around like he's like like you're just like hanging out with your friends and like all of a sudden you just see like this kid like poke his head out over behind the wall and he's just like what's up guys like get, get out of here Lil Jordan yeah go home Lil Jordan yeah get the fuck out of here you know that's Lil Jordan Humphreys. But I still like, don't bring that. that to the dinner table. No, yeah, don't get the that. fuck. What the hell is this, little Jordan? Back to your room. Fucking take take this with you. Pine saw, like <sighs> fucking pour pine saw all over your cabinet. Like he's got like chip crumbs everywhere in his room. That's little Jordan Humphreys. Shout out, little. He's probably pissed off right now. He's probably I don't leave chip crumbs in my room. I'm goddamn little Jordan Humphreys. Yeah, he's, he's like the little that. brother that like causes his older like, causes the older siblings to be late for school. Yeah, hundred you know, percent, like, dude. He's just like fucking taking up all the time in the bathroom every morning. That's him, all the way, all the way, dude. I've I've got. I'm gonna do like, dude. Between now and Friday's episode, I'm just gonna do a ton of research on tight ends, and I'm gonna just like have like an all time list of of tight ends that like I just like. And I, I really think what would benefit me right now is just to like have something to say about every. NFL player based off of what their face looks like in their fucking headshot. I think that's something that I'm going to, I'm going to do. I can already see you like staying up all hours of the night, just looking at like player profiles and like getting their snapshot. And then the yes. first thing that comes to your mind is like some story that you heard when you were like three years old or like six years old or somebody in your elementary elementary school that you remember seeing. Right. Like for some guys, it's like sabermetrics and stats. For me, it's all about just like what a dude looks like in the face compared to the name. And that's how I make all of my predictions from here on out. Now, I probably shouldn't do that, but I'll definitely have like a playbook and that'll be like a part of like me getting my, my fantasy notes and, and controlling everything as far as like how things are going to turn out. So, so it's, what, like, it's like Travis Kelsey in a dream matchup or James O'Shaughnessy. In a yeah, mediocre matchup, I want James. I'll take. I want O'Shaughnessy every every day over Travis Kelsey. Who is Travis Kelsey? <laughs> Give me James O'Shaughnessy. Give me all eight of those fantasy points. You keep those twenty-seven. You you give me O'Shaughnessy because that because that hey. guy right there that that guy's gonna remember you. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where the heart is. It's, it's about where the heart's at, and it lives. I agree. That it's it. hundred percent. Hey, I, I mean, even these like big names. 
tight ends that we're not talking about. Like even these guys look like they're fun to hang out with. I'll say this: the guy that looks like the least cool slash the least tight end esque is Jimmy Graham. That dude doesn't yeah. look very fun. Doesn't no, look very he fun. doesn't. He's just kind of like you know he got a little he got a little little bit of like somebody spit in his tea at a restaurant and you know, people do that for fun and like he he doesn't even ever realize it. You know he's just kind of like oh hey guys it's me you know I'm here. And it's like everybody in the kitchen's like laughing at him, and he's just sitting there just talking about how his leg hurts. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's yeah, 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 hundred percent. I'm looking at dude, man. Oh man, if you want to hear me, we got to end this. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Boys. Man, did you see her interior? 